1: Welcome to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, where the sport's greatest legends are celebrated every day. And for many fans, the greatest legend of all is Dale Earnhardt Sr. His son, Dale Earnhardt Jr., has carried on the family tradition for two decades. As his career winds down, the natural question is, what's next? The answer, plenty.
2: Dale Jr. even had the opportunity to take it for a spin, take it around. Governor Ivey proclaimed that October 15, 2017 would be Dale Earnhardt Jr. Day in the entire state of Alabama. Dale Earnhardt Jr. will be making his final start tomorrow at Talladega, and he will start from the pole.
3: The crowd goes nuts when they see the 88 of Dale Earnhardt Jr. winning the pole This is why they came, the final Talladega ride for
1: Dale Earnhardt Jr.
2: You hear the crowd roaring, they know what's about to happen. Dale Earnhardt Jr., one last time down the Talladega Superstretch.
1: What an emotional weekend it's been for Dale Earnhardt Jr. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We're live here. We got fans here. You guys can cheer for Dale Earnhardt Jr. I know we're all Excited to have in for the next hour here on NASCAR America. I'm sitting here with guys who have 79 cup wins, a combined 79. Jeff Burton, Dale Jarrett, Dale Earnhardt, Jr. Boy, that Talladega weekend gives you chills kind of looking at it. And the weekend you went through, how would you, how would you sum up the weekend, Jr.? I know there was a lot going on, but you also yeah. had a lot of time to kind of think about things as well.
3: Yeah, it was uh, really emotional. We had... Uh the gift from the track with the car. I had been going to the museum since uh, I was about 12 years old. Seeing that car in there all those years. I remember when that car was actually behind Martha Earnhardt's house before they restored it. Um, so I couldn't believe that they were letting me have this car. I mean, I, just, I was like, <laughs> who? What museum gives away their their their, their, their prized possessions? Um, so that was really cool. I had uh, went to do the Winter Circle appearance last year at Talladega and was supposed to drive that car and with the concussion wasn't allowed to do that. So uh, it was really a, a special moment for me to take it out and actually go around the track. But the best part, which they didn't show, was I drove back on uh, back on the pit road and went into the garage area and drove it around <laughs> in the garage area because all the guys were still in there working on the cars yeah. uh, uh, for the weekend. And I thought, man, my guys are gonna love this. So I'll pull over there and park by our garage stall and we had a good laugh. Um, you know, with all that happening and then getting the pole, hearing the fan reaction to getting the pole, mm-hmm. you know, all the fans there at the track in the grandstands, that was uh, giving me chills, uh, knowing we had all that support. Uh, I don't know if it was just me, but it seemed like there were a lot of more fans at that yeah. particular race. Yeah. Yeah. The grandstands were full, the camping grounds were full, and uh, everybody seemed to be enjoying themselves all weekend. Uh, I thought they probably saw a pretty exciting race. I thought it was pretty exciting from where I sat, especially on a couple occasions. And, you know, we, we came away with a decent run. I think, you know, we'd have loved to have won the race, but I think that the fans, you know, that I've heard from said it was exciting to watch. Yeah. We were in the mix all day long. Um, so I was, I was glad to be able to somewhat deliver on the promise that we're going to have a good day.
4: So how about the race? Like, it, it, it got crazy there at the end, and, and looked like you look like you're in a pretty decent shot with it, with the chance to win. It didn't work out, but what would you feel about it?
3: Yeah, the race, uh, the car was great. We, we were a little bit worried about the balance of the car and how it drove in practice, we made a couple of changes. You typically don't adjust the car too much to plate tracks because you really don't you fight the handle too much. But if you notice that racetrack's starting to gray up pretty gray up pretty much and the asphalt starting to age, you're starting to slide around a little bit. We're getting loose in the triable with these cars now. So you're just having to start work on the setup somewhat. Uh, we made some changes in the race, I think, that helped our car a lot and it allowed me to get really aggressive the second half of the event. We got up to the front. At one point in the race, I was behind Chase, and Ryan Blaney and I'm sitting there thinking, man, here's the here I am with the future of the sport in front of me. Yeah. You know, this is like a, a passing of the baton type of moment. It's really all the things; those are the things you're thinking about while you're out there on the racetrack. Uh, we we missed a lot of crazy wrecks at the end. That's just really more luck than anything. Being in the right place when all that stuff's starting to go out of control. Uh, got through there by the skin of our teeth just a few times. That certainly raised the blood pressure up a little bit and got the heart pounding. Um, Conversations with you during the red flag brought the park right back down. And uh, I was able to kind of calm down a little bit. Uh, The end of the race, we had made so much contact with the nose of the car, the right front splitter was knocked down about an inch and a half. That hurt our performance just enough and allowed us to be a bit more of a victim out there than than a guy on the offense and a guy with runs. And When our car would get a run, and if it was blocked, it'd take it much longer to sort of regenerate that run again. So We had a good run on Logano coming to the final lap. He defended it really well, uh, and that was the end of the race for us. Um, But I had a lot of fun. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to go out there and enjoy myself, and, and Talladega gave us some thrills. It was an exciting race.
2: It seems like, Dale, that if you've gone through this season, knowing it, it was going to be your last season, that it's been pretty much standard and status quo, just doing your normal thing. But it, it's like this past weekend kind of hit you a little bit more. Yeah. Was it just the combination of you were at a track that you knew you had a great chance to win and uh, you do realize now things are winding down? I think that you're right. I think that Talladega is such an
3: important track and, and a special track for our family. The fans are big supporters there of Earnhardt's. We have probably more fan reaction at Talladega than any other place. And uh, it, you are starting I'm, – I'm starting, I guess, to get the sense finally uh, that there, there's, it's coming to an end. It's right around the corner. Uh, but I don't know that we'll go – I don't know that we won't go to Kansas Kansas and fall right back into that, you know, that competition and and Mm -hmm. the fire of trying to do well. And once we're at a track that, you know, we got to work on the setup and we got to get the car handling right and we're going to be grinding and practicing, you're going to, you won't have time to really get emotional and think and reflect. And um, I think it'll be that way all the way up until Homestead. Homestead, there won't be no denying the emotion and all the feelings that are going to happen on Sunday. Uh, and even throughout that weekend, the last everything, the last practice, the last qualifying session, the last debrief, you're gonna think about that. I will, yeah. and uh, probably let it sink in there. But this weekend, I'm gonna have to work. You know, <laughs> we gotta get, we gotta work. We're excited about our car. Went and saw the guys today, you know, talking about our the, the gains that we made over the last month with our cars, and they're excited about this car, this particular weekend. I saw the the gray Ghost getting ready for. Uh, Martinsville, mm-hmm. um, fired up about that. So, I mean, we got a lot of things, uh, you know, to look forward to in these le- next few races, and we want to perform
4: well. So I'm not trying to replace you already, but I noticed when, when uh, you take the lead at Talladega, the place goes crazy every time. But I noticed that Chase Elliott this, yeah. this time, when he took the lead one time, the place went nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, not quite your level nuts, but pretty pretty nuts. <laughs> Have you heard that from the fans? And, hey, look, you know, I might pick him up as, you know, oh, when you yeah. retire? Absolutely, yeah. I think that the um, there's there's a handful of
3: drivers right now whose followers and and fan base, their fan base is increasing as we speak. You know, you got Chase, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, all all these guys are sort of gaining fans as we're talking right now, and and you can see as the season goes on, uh, there's a lot more uh, name recognition. With these guys, they're household names, you know, and they're they're going to continue to get more and more popular as they as they start to gain more success. Once Chase wins that first race, starts getting more trophies and more success, the fans start buying into what he's doing. Uh, the sky's the limit for him and these other guys, and that's where the future of the sport is. I mean, we've got st- established names, Joey Logano, Keselowski. That that's, they're going to be around for a while, and they're champions, and they have great fan bases as well. But These young guys coming in that I just mentioned are what is really gonna push this sport and bring it up and and take it to the next level.
2: Yeah, before we move away from Talladega, you were always so good there. I mean, you could just do things a lot like your dad that that others didn't seem, none of us seemed to be able to do uh, in that way. But it looks like that over the years, as NASCAR has changed the cars and things, that you've had to adapt to those different rules and do things differently. Is that a fair assessment that you've had to change maybe the way that you went about things and things that you did that were so successful don't work in today's world? That's right. I mean,
3: you can look back at certain eras in – just plate racing itself and, and remember when maybe it came a little easier. Or you 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 were just one of a few that had it kind of figured out. Uh, these kids today, I mean, everybody knows how the side draft works. Everybody takes advantage of that at every opportunity. That wasn't something you used to see all the time. A lot of guys wouldn't even do that till very end of the race. Um, you see everybody doing everything they can all the time trying to work the air. Uh, these kids are smart. Uh, they're, they're, you know, it's either they're learning this stuff through uh, the technology that we have these days in video games like iRacing and so forth, where they're able to replicate this type of dynamics and physics. These guys are really understanding how these cars work before they ever get in them and race them, and they're not learning these on the fly. They, they already have this ingrained in their in in their ability. So when they get to these plate races, they're already doing these things that, they, that we it took years for me and you to figure out. Um, and the car, you're right. I mean, the cars. The cars, you can't be much of a lone wolf anymore. Uh, you can't really create and, and, and manufacture opportunities and runs like you used to by yourself. With the way the package works and the way the cars work, it takes much more momentum and many more cars to make things happen. And so you gotta, you gotta as a driver, see when that opportunity is happening. And I think there's got Keselowski, the Penske cars are really, really good right now at the plate races. So Keselowski and Logano, they're guys that are taking these opportunities and making these runs happen, making these runs uh, develop, that are uh, allowing them to pass a lot of cars in a a short period of time. you know, not every, everybody's car performs that way, but it is much harder than it used to be uh, to, to create a pass, to create a run, to sustain a run, to, to you know, to get a run that's going to take you by three or four cars. Those days aren't aren't quite as, as plentiful as they used to be. I
1: feel as though we left out the headline. You sent out a tweet yesterday, didn't you? <laughs> oh yeah, a, a little tweet that, that a lot of people noticed. Congratulations, they are the little shoes. You you ready to be a dad? I, that's exciting nice. man. Congratulations oh, yeah. to
3: you and Amy. Congrats. I, thanks a lot. You know, it's just a very. Uh, it's a very exciting thing, and and, and uh, me and Amy are thrilled, over the moon. I'm hearing so much advice.
4: About Already, <laughs> you how in. Yeah, you better start
3: <laughs> sleeping now. And, oh, your life's about to change. This is going to be a wild ride, uh, and I know it. I believe it. I have no idea what I'm what I'm got myself into, and I couldn't be more excited about it. So this is a uh, this is something that's you know me and Amy been working towards for a really long time. Uh, we actually uh you get this email with the with a with a link to click to find out the gender and we forwarded that to her sister in texas and she ordered the shoes and mailed them to us and we oh, opened really? yeah we opened them up on the front doorstep That's all. Uh, to figure out what was going on and it was just uh it's been so all those little tiny moments during this short period of time we've only you know been dealing with this for about a couple months there's so many cool little moments. Me and her have been sitting here giggling for <laughs> just because we were the only ones who knew, you yeah. know. So we've been just sort of giddy for so for so long. It's finally good to be able to tell everybody and share it with my mother, my sister. Their reactions were priceless and. Uh, obviously we're getting a tremendous amount of support from from everybody well
1: terrific news for the earnhardt family and as we always do on our hall of fame shows we want to hear from you the fans so send us your questions on social media use the hashtag ask dale we already have or ask dale jr i should say we already have one and that one is besides the car this week because i think that one kind of ranks number one in terms of the gifts you've gotten what's your other favorite gift you've gotten so far from
3: tracks well uh one of the Quirkier, uh, but but cool gifts I got was from New Hampshire. It was a musket. This thing's like yeah. seven foot tall, right? So I'm thinking it's beautiful, and I'm, I can't wait to take it home and show Amy. I'm like, she's gonna, we're gonna put this right on the, the mantle in front, front on the fireplace in the living room. No, no, I, that thing's not going in the house. I'm like, oh, I really thought she was gonna like it. I was totally wrong. But, um, You're I'm no longer the interior decorator. No, you found I'm out, not, right? I never was. I thought this is a good idea, but uh, it wasn't. Anyways, the, the, but the ones that are probably most impactful for me, uh, a lot of the tracks have went and done some charitable things within right. their own community. Yeah. That's fun to see. And especially when it's a, it's, it's a, it's a uh, initiative that's gonna be long lasting and gonna have a long term impact. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: coming up, we're going to have a fun hour, and we're going to get more of Dale's thoughts on his appreciation tour and how it's been going so far and some of his favorite moments as he winds down his final season behind the wheel. We'll look back on his racing roots from going up as the Intimidator son to creating his own lasting legacy. And looking at what lies ahead, big changes await both at the track and at home. We'll talk about 2018 and beyond, and a surprise trivia, trivia question for DJ and for Jeff as well. What sport did Dale Earnhardt Jr. play in high school at Mooresville High? That's coming up if you guys have an answer for that. I know he knows. Better work on it. (laughs) You can't use Google You know, one of the cool things at any racetrack is that when fans get on pit road, this is what they can do. They can write well wishes on pit road or on the start finish line to their favorite driver. Dale Earnhardt Jr. fans certainly did that. And his tour this year has been all about the fans.
3: My racing career isn't just about me. It's about the team. Day. it's a great sport. I love it to
1: death. You know, it's you know, it's all I've ever known, racing. Cute to see the young Dale Earnhardt Jr. Not out about it, and I mean, tell the fans are here. I mean, you guys love Jr., right? I mean, they they follow you everywhere you go. Where where was the initial real connection with the fans, Jr.? Where did that initial connection really start? I mean, is it just? carry over from your dad yeah, or yeah, what do absolutely. you think
3: of oh yeah i had uh, i was signing autographs in, as a 15 year old racing street stock, so i didn't know what <laughs> i
4: was
3: like and i knew i i was signing those autographs i mean it hadn't been anything i'd done on the racetrack. and so there was a uh, it, you know it was motivation to to get out there and compete and and uh, uh, you know obtain some success on the track to sort of feel worthy of that uh, attention mm-hmm. and I think you know I've I've always you know talked about how I know that I gained a huge core fan base from my father and who I am, but I feel like that we've done a lot over the years to grow it and we've went into mainstream America and publications that a lot of you know NASCAR really hadn't had the opportunity to go to to catch new fans and you know introduce people to the sport and. Little did I know at the time that I was growing my own brand, you know, early in my career in, as a cup driver. So I think that uh, we've done some good things to kind of grow that fan base and maintain it.
4: So so your dad was, he influenced a lot behind the scenes. It's a fair way to say it. Yeah, that. that's good <laughs> so he, he was always pushing for things that he really believed in. But and I see that from you as well. You're not real vocal. You've become more vocal the last year or two. But you're not real vocal, but you do a lot behind the scenes trying to help move the sport in the right way. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, it's a little bit, I don't know how it was for you guys back in the day, but it's a little bit different these days with social media, uh, the driver's council. Uh, the drivers, there's a lot of communication, I think more so than than maybe it was for you guys. I know you'll probably had each other's phone numbers, but it's even sales, sales we called Sell. each other, we were mad at
4: each other. Yeah. But you <laughs>
3: caught him on a hard line on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't texting each other immediately after the race or during all week long. You know, drivers are communicating in, in so much more often these days, and there's there's a there's more of a common voice as far as how the drivers feel. So it's not really on one guy's shoulders, uh, and it isn't one guy's job. He he really almost we almost feel like an obligation to have to go make sure what we're gonna say or what our feelings are is the same as everyone else's before we take it into the tr- hauler or take it to O'Donnell or Helton. Uh, a lot of times when you do that, and I've, done, I've been guilty of this, is when you go into that hauler uh, or go to Helton or O'Donnell with your own opinion, uh, the drivers find out about it and they're not too happy. You know, they, <laughs> That's the point of the driver's council is that we all funnel into one voice and we all have one, one obtain, you know, obtainable goal. Or one thing that we want to change. So that's been that's been a, pro- uh, a thing of progress, I think, in the sport as far as the driver's voice. You know, we've we've never had a union, we've never been organized, but the councils allowed us to have some input. You know, and and I, I know that you guys talk about how Dad was that guy many many years ago, and he he had their trust and so forth when he would go into the hollow with an idea or a thought, and they listened to it and. There was a, you know, there was a time when maybe you were that guy or you were that guy. I know that you you were very influential on in safety in the sport in the later in your later years as a driver. Uh, and Jeff Gordon as well, he was a guy that was very influential in that hauler with some of the guys in NASCAR. But we've lacking we've lacked that over the years, of, and and the driver
2: council sort of replaced that for us. Let's go back to this fan base. You say that you kind of grew. I'd say that. To links that none of the rest of us even have any idea what that's like. I mean, I found it, and I'm sure you did too. Hard to keep up with just the autograph request and the things in it, and you know wanting to be here and there. So I know you put together a great team, and, and Kelly was a big part of that, yeah. your sister, and helping that. But how do you how do you manage that? I mean, this is unbelievable. This fan base that you have, and trying to sign and make everyone happy. Yeah, I mean that's what you do. You sign every opportunity you can.
3: If you ask all the drivers. Uh, who signs the most autographs? I think that my name would be a common, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, common uh, one that would, would pop up. And and I try to take opportunities to do that. At, at, you know, before the drivers' meeting, after the drivers' meeting, when we're walking that red carpet at these racetracks, uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a tough balance uh, because you're there to do a job. And you got to be on time for stuff. You can't you know you can't be late for this y, X Y or Z. Uh, but we, I don't know, you know, I've just been myself, and uh, it's worked. I don't know, I don't really know how to uh, attribute the success other than a my last name, my dad, the legacy he built, and I was able to add to it. You know, I was able to go out and be successful, win races, uh, and... We had a lot of fun along the way, and I think that was it was fun for folks to jump on the ride and go along with it. You know, I, I, that's the only way I can describe it.
2: I think you just said it being you. That's what people that's love, you know. All right, none of you Googled, did you? Because I'm asking. asshole. How do have trivia phone? Okay,
1: that's good. All right. So, what sport did Dale Hart Jr. play in high school at Mooresville High? Got a guess? All right, go guess football.
2: I'm going to say he was a wrestler. Oh, a wrestler? No. Y'all were intentionally trying to get it wrong. (laughs) That's (laughs) pretty much what we did. What sport was it? Soccer.
3: All right. How good of a soccer player were you? Well, okay, so here's the story. Uh, I was going to, I was being introduced to go to uh, Mooresville Senior High School for the first time. I was going in the ninth grade. I came out of military school to go to Mooresville. They're driving me around a week before school starts. And I see the football team practicing on the field, and I said to the, this uh, uh, employee of the school, I said, I want to play football. Take me over there and introduce me to the coach. I want to get on the team. I was four foot 11, I was really short. I think I was 5'3 at 16, so in ninth grade, I was 4'11. He looked at me and he said, man, I'm going to take you to introduce you to the soccer coach. I think that that's probably, <laughs> probably where you need to be. You don't need to be in pads out there with those big boys. <laughs> so I played soccer. I, had pl- I hadn't played any sports in school. I played soccer in the second grade. That was all I'd done. So I went to, met the soccer coach. I played for a year. I was back up full back, which it says on yeah. my Twitter bio. <laughs> um, that's all true. Uh, I got to come in a, a lot of games, though, because we were really good. We'd have a lot of blowouts, so okay. I'd, get, I'd get some time on the field. We went to state and lost, uh, but I did get a nice little letter jacket that I still have in the closet. Very nice. Yeah. did you come close
1: to scoring a goal or anything.
3: Or uh, yeah, I, I I came close. Okay, I just yeah never did. That's better than a lot of us because yeah. I don't think yeah. that any of us played so soccer. soccer. No. So yeah, I, I mean. was a fullback. See, so I didn't have any other responsibilities other than tripping the guy that came near the goal. <laughs> <laughs> easy enough.
1: That's an easy responsibility, yep. isn't it? Speaking of responsibility, when you have the last name Earnhardt and you're in NASCAR, it comes with a lot of expectations. Certainly, Junior has lived up to those expectations very well. We'll explore Junior racing roots next on NASCAR America. Welcome back to the NASCAR America Live from the NASCAR Hall of Fame with Dale Earnhardt Junior. Hey Junior, check out our family tree here for the Earnhardt family. Make sure we got everybody because there have been more than a dozen Earnhardt family members who have worked in motorsports, starting, of course, with Ralph Earnhardt, one of the greatest in his era as a driver. Of course, the racing accolades of both junior and senior are well-documented. Dale's older brother, Carrie made more than 100 starts across NASCAR's top three series. Sister Kelly, co-owner of Junior Motorsports, and of course, Jeffrey currently drives the 33 in the Cup Series. No doubt, the Earnhardt racing roots run deep in NASCAR.
2: His grandfather, Ralph, former national champion, they called him Ironheart because he gave nothing on the racetrack. His father,
1: seven-time Winston Cup champion, once dubbed Iron Head, and then the Intimidator. He and can, how about this kid? He can coast on now, Mike. Checker flag, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is Texas Motor Speedway's second
2: first-time Winston Cup winner. His dad is here first. What a moment. This kid, he worked hard. We knew
3: the kid could do it.
1: Boy, I was there that day. What do you remember of that day? I mean, that iconic shot of your dad coming to greet you in Victory Lane. I remember having
3: to race Jeff all day long. He had a really good car that day. And it had, I mean, he ran second, I think, in that race. I don't remember. Yes. I don't remember. I remember you being really strong. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just had a car that was on rails. And. You just, you know, it's not often you get cars like that that just about do anything you want. But it was just a perfect little race car. I remember uh, coming down pit road after we had won the race, all excited, and I went to mash the clutch in, and the clutch pedal it fell out in the floor. So somehow the pedal <laughs> wow. assembly backed out, and just the just the clutch was gone. So if had we had late caution or something like that, I had to pit or anything, I don't know what we'd have done, but. I remember that I freaked out, but pulling into Victory Lane, seeing Dad, knowing that you know, he was there. We'd already celebrated a few wins with him in the Xfinity Series and stuff, but that was the first Cup win. You just dream about just making it to the Cup Series, you know. Not you know, you can't even imagine a win and what that would feel
4: like. So uh, celebrating that, I'll I'll never forget it. So your dad on that day, he. He was in Victory Lane, but then he just left you, right? He left yeah. you. A little, oh yeah, I mean he's uh, he
3: I, I, he had a Lear thirty one his whole career, pretty much, and I he I would fly with him, you know, easy, jump on the plane, go with dad. That was great. Yeah. Um, we win the race, and he knew he's like I'm not you know I'm not sticking around for all this. He's like you're going to be here another hour or two, so he's like fine you find a ride home, uh, but have fun. He said enjoy this. He really did. He said uh, he said make sure you. Let this sink in. You know, I want you to really let this let this sink in. You're not, you don't, you know, you don't know what's going on right now. So, yeah. so let this sink in for a second.
4: So, so back then we used to fly out of helicopters because the traffic was so bad, especially in Texas. Uh-huh. And when I fly out, your dad's on there with me. Oh, and I'm like, <laughs> Why are you in here? And, then, and he said, He won it, not me. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't win a race. He won a race, and he. So he, he got out of there.
3: That's and he right. Was gone. Yeah, yeah, the only victory lane that he stuck around for was when we won the all star race. Uh, he'd come over. He yeah. he finished third or fourth in that race, and I passed you. I remember <laughs> yes. him. In second. Yeah, yeah. So uh, um, he comes running across and, and joined us in victory lane in his street clothes, and he had his uh, he had his radio and everything. I don't know why he had that, but he um. He comes running over there and he he took pictures with us and and we sprayed champagne and all that. And that was the only Victory Lane that he really did that. All the Xfinity races, as you guys remember, y'all had a happy hour that would run right after our races. So he'd zip in there real fast and be gone in his suit, you know, getting ready for the happy hour. So it wasn't often that we got to celebrate a lot with him in Victory Lane, but it was fun when he was there.
2: You know, we we see all of these pictures, you as the the kid in Victory Lane and then as you grew up. And, you know, it it wasn't just like, he handed you race cars to go race with. Yeah. I mean, you had to work on them. You, you worked your way up. So did, did you allow yourself to think back to everything that you had been through uh, to get to that point to become, uh, at that time, a uh, Winston Cup winner? Yeah. I mean, I thought about he did some things that were,
3: that were easy for him as far as helping us out. Uh, and I mean, it's simple stuff. Me and Carrie are standing in the shop one day, don't know nothing about how to race cars or become drivers. We have no idea what door to open. And he shoves a newspaper in front of us that had an article on the front of the sports page, Charlotte Observer, about a street stock series starting up in Concord. He's like, y'all need to read this article, get involved. And so me and Carrie had a friend who owned a junkyard. We went and bought a car. We rebuilt a motor. Dad wouldn't let us put the roll cage in it, thankfully. He put that in. He actually put it in himself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we watched him put the roll cage in. And, uh, oh, man, it was so funny. He's... He puts the roll cage in it. So I'm getting ready to put the door on and the door won't go on because the roll cage is so far so wide and I can't get the door welded across the bottom. I got the sides welded, but I can't and I I'm like, Dad, you getting screwed up. Why didn't you narrow up the cage a little bit? And he got so mad at me because it was so he spent so much time putting that cage in there. He's like, You 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 ain't grateful. But uh, <laughs> But we used to go back and forth. It used to be so much fun, but Yeah, we didn't have a high-powered engine. We rebuilt the motor that was actually come out of the car in a junkyard, and we blew it up Mm in the first race, broke the cam in two places. (laughs) But you know, he we had that's one of the things I tell people when they ask me about advice and getting started in racing is don't spend all your money on that first car. Just get out there and compete and learn how to drive it and fix it first before you go spending your money trying to get it better. And uh, thankfully, that's you know, me and Kerry we just we've shared that car for a whole season almost. Before we built the second car so we could race together, he had his—he uh, had two boys where he had custody every other week, and I would race the car when he had his boys, and when he didn't have his boys, he would drive the car. So me and him, <laughs> we were each other's crew chief. You know, it was so fun and simple. Uh, We—oh, I could go on and on. But you know, then we got—we we did get into the late models where I—I sh- I had a car, Kelly had a car. And Carrie had a car and Dad did help us find a sponsorship with a, with a friend, uh, a local friend with, the, with yeah. uh, mom and pops and, and so forth. We had Prime Sirloin, Prime Steakhouse and all that good stuff on the car. Now he was really beneficial in helping us sort of get going. If we showed the initiative and the will to do the work, uh, he would help us out.
4: Did Did, did you always want to drive? I mean, or were you? Did you, you know, like the Dillons? They they didn't really know they wanted to drive. They came to that conclusion later. What did you? What about you? I wanted to drive. uh, I remember racing go karts for a little bit
3: as a twelve year old, and then Dad. I kept flipping out of the thing, and Dad didn't like that, and he (laughs) finally put a stop to it. And I was like, you know, why are you why are you making me quit? He's like, well, I don't like it. Don't have a roll cage. Don't have seat belts. I keep you know, you're flying out of this thing, so. I said, you know, when do I get to race? He's like, well, the next time, next opportunity to get to race, guess when you get your driver's license. And I couldn't imagine waiting three, four years to to race. I'm gonna go crazy. I'd sit on the couch and just talk to him. Like, I'm gonna go crazy waiting. And I gotta find something. This is, I'm going bonkers. But, um, so I wanted to race pretty bad, but I was really scared of, you know, racing in his shadow. You know, I knew even at a young age that that was gonna be so hard. And so I was really nervous about that, not living up to everyone's expectations, but it was not as hard, honestly, as I made it out to be as a kid, you know?
2: I have to ask you this because I know, and I just said this to some fans that before you came in earlier, that in talking to your dad, we didn't talk much about racing because as soon as you wanted to talk about driving a car, He'd go somewhere else. He yeah. So, did you get advice from? Him? Would he Never. talk to you about driving? No.
3: When people ask me a lot, they don't ask me more because they know the answer these days. But, but first, half of my career. You got what was the best advice your dad gave you about racing? We nothing. Yeah. I mean, we ne- <laughs> The only I can, and the only thing I can resort to. The only thing I can resort to really is there was one day he gave me racing advice. I was at uh, Bristol, and. He gets up on top of his truck during Xfinity practice and get on, got on the radio and told me where to lift and when to get back on the gas. And it was not where I was thinking I should. And I, he was like, lift at the flag stand. I'm like, wow, I can go farther. He's like, just lift at the flag stand. And I lifted and he's like, now get on the gas. As soon as I'm starting to crest down the corner. I was like, whoa, this is way better. I was driving it way too hard and uh, making it much harder than it, it needed to be. And that was, and he's like, all right, there you go. That's how you race Bristol. And that was the only time he ever did anything like that. We never talked about the draft. We never talked about being calm or, or take, you know, taking your time or this is how hard you race or how easy you race or pace your. Sh- we never did any of that. And and just like you say, anytime I would start to ask him questions yeah. or, you know, it always ended up going somewhere else, and and it always ended up being about more life lessons, yeah. you know, and just having your head on straight and and showing initiative and appreciation. And he wanted me to work my guts out. You know, he wanted to see me really just working my guts out for, for it. And that was, you know, that would spur him to be involved and start to give me that advice. But he wasn't just going to hand it over. Yeah. One
1: real quick thing. Five races left in your career. What would he say to
3: you about your
1: career, you think, about
3: you know, I, how I, you've managed it? I, I can't even answer that. I, somebody asked me the other day while we were in Talladega. They said, what, what would you say to your dad if he was here? I'd, and my, my, what I'd say to him is, what do you think? You know what do you think about all this what do you think about Amy what do you think about my career what do you think about my decision to go to Hendrick what do you think yeah. about what we've built at Junior Motor sports what Kelly's done? can't tell you what he would he would he would you, you could never assume the correct answer with him on how he felt about things you know and he because he he, he he was a thinker and and I, there was always more to it than, yeah. than you could imagine that was going to come out but I know he'd be very proud no doubt about it I, I know he'd be proud but he could he would tell me. A hundred different ways I could have did it, you know, differently and saved myself a lot of trouble or, you know, whatever. (laughs) He was always
1: so smart. Well, Dale certainly knows all about winning behind the wheel. But what about what he's done to help other people and get their careers going? We'll talk about that and one of the topics in our driver's meeting, which is coming up next here on NASCAR America. Welcome back to NASCAR America. Of course, Brad Keselowski won at Talladega this past weekend, but all weekend long, he was paying tribute to his old boss, Dale Earnhardt Jr. We talked about Jr.'s success behind the wheel, but how about all these careers that he helped kickstart here? Not only Keselowski, Danica Patrick drove for Jr. Motorsports. Of course, Chase Elliott won an Xfinity Series championship for Jr. Motorsports. And then Martin Truex Jr., yes, back at Chance Two Motorsports back in the day. He drove for Jr. As well, so how significant for you that you've been a part of getting all those all those folks going, and and then that's not even including crew members as well and crew chiefs all down the line.
3: Yeah, I think that that's been uh, that's been fun, unintended really at, at, at the initial start of creating Junior Motorsports. We just wanted to be we wanted to be involved in in NASCAR. You know, not only as, as a driver but how else can we get involved and and become more more important and more of an asset and help you know help the sport so once uh, once we graduated maybe that first mechanic and that first person got promoted that feeling was like winning a race and and so when drivers would come to you and say hey i got a phone call uh, from a cup owner, and I really like to go do this. And I, I got a year, or I got a year or two left on my contract. I'm like, that's a win. That's like, win. you know, that's the greatest. Uh, that's a great compliment that somebody right. wants to hire this guy. Uh, it, we know in the Xfinity series, as an owner and a team owner, you're gonna have tons of turnover. Mm-hmm. But either way, whether they're very successful or, or they, you know, you got to get, a, you got to improve this certain area or whatever. Yeah, guys aren't gonna be there very long, and you get used to that. But uh, it's so it's so much fun to know that you've had a, po- a small part of of that particular person's career, and you can. You're right. I mean, there's been there's been drivers, crew chiefs, engineers, mm-hmm. uh, mechanics, over the wall guys. I mean, there's been so many folks that have come through our our, our little building, and and it means a lot to uh, be able to provide people that opportunity. And we people ask us all the time if we're ever going to go. Racing the cup series and i don't i don't know that i get that kind of joy out of it because where we are we sort of have a good uh business model and the feeling that you you know you get when somebody graduates and leaves the building it's 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 really a good feeling it's it's as good as as bringing home a trophy uh from winning the race on the weekend that's cool perspective
4: yeah so we've seen we've seen other other drivers have teams Brad's, he's shutting his truck team down kevin harvick had his teams he shut them down so what what keeps you going? I know the business is difficult, but yeah. is it just fun? I think that our success and sustainability
3: relies on Kelly's shoulders. I think credit goes to Kelly. She's there day to day. A lot of people probably curious as to my involvement. It's not very hands-on, to be honest with you. Uh, and the reason being is because the cup car, for me, the performance of the cup car has always been priority. Kelly's always felt that way as well, and everybody that works at Junior Motorsports understands that too. She's the boss, and, and rightly so. I mean, she's, she steers the ship every day. She's an incredible businesswoman. She's uh, no, she don't take no crap. <laughs> she's really tough in the boardroom. She gets things done. She handles her, she treats her employees uh, incredibly well. Uh, it's like a big family to her, and that's the compliments and the feedback that we get from our employees. But our sustainability and success and our business model is really credited to Kelly and
2: what she's been able to do. That's to be pretty exciting this year at Junior Motorsports with uh, the opportunity now. You have three drivers uh, still in the playoffs uh, with an opportunity. Could be three of them at, at Homestead uh, battling for a championship. You know, that, that'd be
3: incredible. I, we, were, we were there last year. Uh, we've won the championship with Chase, uh, and being there last year and having two cars in the in the in in the battle at Homestead—that's probably uh, the proudest I've been as a as a car owner, Xfinity Series. Sitting there, knowing that, that the company, what the company as a whole has accomplished, you know. It's just an incredible feeling to, uh, to be able to be there and be in the battle. Whether you win it or not, you know that you, you know, people knew you were there. And, and we raced the Gibbs guys as hard as we could to the very end, and it was very close and a lot of fun. and it, Daniel's an incredible champion, uh, and right you know, deservingly so. If we're lucky, we'll be there again with that same opportunity. And win or lose, it's, it's a very proud moment to be there with that chance to win the championship. We'd love to collect that championship this year. More to
1: come from Dale Earnhardt Jr. here from the NASCAR Hall of Fame, including your questions. Make sure you send them in using the hashtag AskDaleJr. More NASCAR America coming next. Back live from the NASCAR Hall of Fame on the fourth floor, and this is where all the interaction is. You can hear the pit gun going off behind us. Uh, at times during the show. Next Wednesday, though, we'll have Joe Gibbs here with us. Can't wait to hear from the coach to see what he thinks about the 2017 season so far. But first, tomorrow on NASCAR America, the guests keep coming. Kevin Harvick will be here to stop by and talk about this weekend's elimination race at Kansas as he looks to advance to the round of eight for the fourth consecutive year. That's 5 p.m. tomorrow right here on NBCSN. Hey, Junior Nation's been sending questions in all day long, including is he nervous about an upcoming gift? We'll have that coming up. Back live at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Hey, we want to thank these fans and the Hall of Fame for the hospitality. These fans came out to say hi to Dale Earnhardt Jr. Today. We had fans who hit us up on Twitter and sent us a bunch of questions in. So we're going to get right I to they those. they here to see you. This usually happens no, when you're here. He's, oh, okay. he's okay. way more Sorry. famous. Yes. Um, so all right, Matt Camper wants to know: What are you looking forward to most about joining the NBC family next year?
3: Oh well, Matt, I think that um, obviously. Uh, working with my buddy Steve Latar You know, we I, you know, we've, we just are very close and we've remained close ever since he's uh, left the, the pit box and went into the booth and, and I wondered, you know, whether we would ever have the opportunity to work together again. I didn't think we would, but, you know, it's going to present itself. I'm excited about the rest of the team learning from some of the best in the business. Um, also, I think it's going to, you know, it's going to challenge me uh, to really apply myself right. you know racing is a very comfortable place for me to be in and I think it's going to put me in an uncomfortable place and, and and ask me to do things that I've never done before and uh, I'm excited to apply myself work prepare learn what the job uh, Entails and what it what it requires. So I want to be very good at it So I want to be a long career All right, we've talked about all these
1: gifts you've been getting this year. Joe wants to know, are you slightly worried about the gift you might get from Eddie Gossage? Because he (laughs) does have a history, as we'll see here, with uh, Jeff Gordon got
3: ponies and Tony Stewart got a... uh, we have about an 18-foot bobblehead doll. So, yeah, Joe, I'm very nervous about all this right here that you're watching. Um, Eddie is just a character, and he I don't know whether he intentionally is trying to sort of get under your skin or make you incredibly uncomfortable, but he does. A lot. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think he's just very good-natured and just likes to have a lot of fun. But we'll see what he comes up with. Uh, Like I said, I mean, I've I've sort of encouraged the racetracks to do some charitable initiatives within their own communities. Hopefully, I'm sure Eddie's gonna do something really awesome that's gonna make us all very proud. Does he consult you at all? Do these tracks call you and say, hey, what do you want? Oh, no, 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 I mean, Eddie Eddie wouldn't. He would want it to be such a (laughs) shocking, shocking unpleasant surprise. He just loves to make you uncomfortable. He's a promoter, you know? He's kind of like the carnival showman.
1: He is a true promoter. Right. Jesse wants to know, what's the strangest place you've been
3: and you didn't think you would be recognized, but you got recognized. Well, that would probably be anywhere overseas. Like, uh, we had the opportunity to go to Monaco to shoot the Jay-Z video with Danica way back when, I think 2002, 2004, and and, uh, had a couple folks recognize us there. I thought that was really a surprise. Uh, we went to Germany the last couple of years to trace some of my family heritage back there and uh, get recognized in Germany was really interesting. Yeah, pretty cool. But it didn't happen, you know, it happened once or twice on a whole trip for a week. But, yeah, I mean, usually you're, you're you know, you, you, you would ex- expect it maybe in race markets. But any anywhere outside the country, it just, you know, it surprises me when we hear from race fans on social media uh, from different parts of the world. Right. It still blows me away. I can't believe <laughs> it. people. You know, tune into our sport, uh, but they do. We're so glad
1: you joined Twitter.
3: So that—that's how
1: you hear from yeah. them. So, hey, real quick, Larry wants to know how Junebug and Gus are going to get along with Baby Earnhardt.
3: That's a great question, but um, they're about to find out. I mean, this is uh, <laughs> it's coming quick. Yeah, Amy's 12 weeks on. The baby's due in May, and I think that they, you know, they're—I they're, think they're animals, and they sense. All this happening, and understand—you know, for some reason, I feel like that they'll understand what's going on and be really protective. Just like I would, I would expect Gus to be very protective. At least I hope he is. <laughs> um, but right now, like my, all my all my friends have kids, right, yeah. and so they're they're from you know months old to, to three or four years old, and when they come into the house. Gus hits him in the forehead and knocks him over. And so, because he just, and he does, he's, he's just a really, big old dog. Yeah, he's just a big dumb dog. But, uh, hope, you know, hopefully he wisens up a little bit. And, and it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a full house, but I'm excited about it. Amy's excited about it. And uh, I can't wait to get home and see her today. I mean, I'm, we're so, uh, you know, we're, we're just sort of in in, in a state of uh, yeah. shock right now. Right. I don't know what it is, but it's really really
1: a lot of fun. We can tell the smile on your face. Speaking <laughs> of baby Earnhardt, we have a little surprise to you. Here's Lori, our oh, stage oh, manager. What the heck? We bought you Jeff, and DJ, and I bought you a gift on behalf well, of the whole really NBC heavy. family. <laughs> so you got to open it okay. real quick. we got about a minute. So this okay. is your first baby gift, I think, it, right? It is. All right. So there you go. All right. All right. We got you some wipes. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. good. You'll need yes, those. Just put there. those away. We got you some diapers. Yeah. Just and then I, I think there's something more significant for you in there oh, a man. box of stogies oh, so you can celebrate yeah. with the guy those yeah. are good ones too I so where to give
3: away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> where, where the, where's the sleep medicine so there <laughs> you go that's it. that's from us but on behalf of the whole NBC
3: family we're very happy for you guys oh, appreciate so. it, guys it's been a lot of fun tonight I appreciate y'all having me on and uh, we'll see you this weekend in Kansas yeah it'll <laughs> be a lot of fun but, won't it I think coming. I think yeah, I yeah, we covered everything didn't we guys are you happy what with the Kansas? cigars we got? Kansas is perfect. going to be
2: interesting. Hey, It's going to be yes,
0: very interesting.
1: Hey, we want to thank the Hall of Fame. Thank Dale Jr. We'll be back here tomorrow, 5 p.m.
0: Eastern, for more
1: NASCAR America. Thanks, Jr. Thank you.
0: This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings.